We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everyone? It is Friday. It is football season, but it is also baseball season and basketball season. What are the odds that we'd have all three of them at the same time? Almost zero, except for, you know, pandemic and stuff. But in any case, I think that actually happens at some points in the year anyways. But it's Grinders Live. It's baseball. It's Cardi here. How you doing, Cardi? What's going on, Grant? I feel like we haven't been on a show together in quite a while. I don't think we have any outstanding bets. I don't think... uh... It's just been too long. Yeah, last time was the day that the Milwaukee Brewers decided to not play, and we had a bet that didn't go through, luckily, because right. I probably would have lost. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, uh, oh, yeah, because I it was like DeGrom against someone, and DeGrom went DeGrom down. versus Gaussman. Yeah, DeGrom put up like 40, and Gaussman didn't pitch. That's right. Yeah, I think Gaussman still had, what, 26 the next day, 24 the next day. Yeah. But- would not have gone well for me, but gosh, I love Gaussman. But he's not on the slate today, so I don't get to sit here and talk about him this entire time. We got an interesting little slate. We got a little bit of weather. Roth updated. He says he thinks that Milwaukee – or not Milwaukee, Minnesota and the Indians are going to play, which is a huge thing for the slate, I feel like. So it's an interesting little slate we got here. It's going to be fun. Lots of pitching. Lots of bats. Coors, which I've walked outside today. It's not very hot, which makes me – Let's just get Coors started at the very beginning of the show because I want to talk about it. I looked at the bats projections. Loves Trout, loves Rendon. Again, makes sense. But I'm not really on Coors today. Really? I mean, I imagine it's just because of like an ownership thing because they're priced like they're in Marlins Park facing, you know, Max Scherzer. And and that's why you're not on them because everyone's going to have them because they're all free. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, like, so so I mean, that's why you play them in cash games because they're priced super cheap in cores and you can get double studs and a core stack in cash easily. Like that's how ridiculously priced this slate is. Um, yeah, which there is what are, everyone's going to do in a GPP. So not doing that is probably smart. There are three guys projected at over 30% ownership today. Three. That's, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, I've never seen that on a slate this size. I don't size think I have either. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, like, I mean, it makes sense. But, like, 
the weather really isn't great today. I mean, it's 65 degrees. It's going to get colder as the night goes on. We obviously had that snowstorm here not too long ago. We look at Weather Edge, and I'm trying to find the game here to see what it has to say about it. It's not even on here. Why can't it? Oh, there it is. Now I found it. Only f- minus 4.2% for home runs and 4.2% for ERA. Decent amount of games. So that's a little bit surprising. But still, like, it's not very warm out here. And that ownership is just absolutely ridiculous. Obviously cash. Like, you're using Trout. You're using Story. You're using Otani. But Marquez is a good pick pitcher. Like, this yes. isn't just two trash pitchers in a ballpark. This is a slate where there's other good spots for hitting. There's great pitching. Like, I don't know. It's a little bit interesting, but let's go ahead and get started with pitcher here. Up at the top of the slate, there's very clearly Giolito, Bieber. You playing them, they in the optimal. What's going on with that? I mean, they have to be in the optimal because they're both projecting super, super well in terms of raw points. They're both like easily over 20. I think Giolito, last I checked, was, yeah, over 25. Actually, they're both over 25 now. Holy cow. Um Yeah, like you have to play them because Coors is free. Even though Marquez is a good pitcher, it's still Coors. You have to play the Angels. And and you can get the two expensive pitchers because, like, it's just the easy way to build tonight. You know, Giolito's in a fantastic matchup against the Tigers. And even though Bieber's against a good offense in the Twins, it's a a park upgrade. It's a little watered down. And he's Bieber. So, you know, when you have two guys projecting for over 25 points and only, like, a handful of guys on the slate projecting over 15, you play the two studs. Yeah, yeah, no, Bieber obviously has been absolutely incredible this season. 1.77 XFIP. Like, I'm listening to the morning grind this morning, and do you know what his ISO is to lefty so far this season? I'm guessing it's really, really low. <laughs> Take a guess. Is it like 110? 0.019. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and 113 plate appearances. I think he's given up one extra base hit. Just absolutely ridiculous. 180 Woba. He's been dominant beyond all dominance. Yes, he's going up against a team that's pretty good, uh, but that really doesn't matter to me too much. I don't care. Bieber is a guy, obviously, look out for weather, pay attention to crunch time afterwards, but Bieber is in an absolutely dominant pitcher this season. Now, yeah, you're right. Giolito going up against Detroit. They have been better as of late, but – Gilito's still been a stud pitcher. Not as great versus righties. He's going to be facing – or the Tigers are not as great versus righties. Going to be facing a lot of them. Gilito's in for a big spot here, and I think that he ends up crushing. I'm there with you. I like the two main pitchers, which is why I may end up on Coors just because that's the easiest stack to end up fitting him in. But it, it's just a silly, silly spot. It's a silly slate with pricing today. It is, but I think that probably opens up a lot of opportunity in GPPs because like this, you know, double ace cores build is just so obvious and so many people are going to have it. So I think like doing something else is totally fine in a GPP, hoping that, you know, Bieber and Giolito just kind of have, you know, okay games or one of them gets blown up um, or they just finish it, you know, like 18 or 20 points. Um, And then I think there are cheaper guys that you can play and then you can play expensive stacks or, you know, you can do a lot of different things on this slate. I think Um, outside of cash games where there's really only one right thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Double A's cores. Yeah. It's it's super like this is the easiest cash game slate I have probably ever seen. And unless weather comes in, 
It's going to probably stay that way, but let's look at some other pitchers, some other GPP pitchers. Obviously, we want to pay up for double studs, but if you're not going to end up doing that, there are a few other decent spots on the slate. Let's talk about Woodruff here, 8.5K going up against the Cubs. Cubs have not been great recently, but that's mostly been because of weather. But Woodruff, very good overall pitcher. 8.5K is a little bit cheap to me. I know that Cubs lineup is decent, but are you looking, like outside of the two stud pitchers, which pitchers are you looking at? I think if I'm going to go with like a, like an expensive guy just to kind of be contrarian off of Bieber or Giolito, it would be Woodruff or Luis Castillo. I think they're both fine. Obviously, they're both below Bieber and Giolito in a raw sense. But in terms of like GPP and ownership, um, you can definitely you know pivot onto them. And then I think there's a, like a lot of appealing cheap guys that – will give you just a completely different kind of build than, than the chalk build because you'll, you know, have a cheap guy and be able to spend up on an expensive stack or, you know, something like that, that's just completely opposite of whatever he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some cheap guys here. Uh, checking out the bat. It looks like your top point per dollar pitcher on the slate is Caleb Smith. Obviously he hasn't pitched since July. He did have a simulated game recently and he pitched 70 pitches. So he could get up to 85. I think is the projected amount in this matchup here. He's going up against Seattle. Seattle didn't really have a ton of good bats, and they traded a ton of their good bats. Against lefties, their projected lineup, you look at plate IQ, it's almost all red. I mean, Lewis and Moore have been decent. They've been the only two good bats in there. But Seager, their other good bat, not really the greatest spot in the world. I know he has a good number versus lefties in the last few years, but not entirely a spot I want to go with. Like Shedlong, Irvin. Marleos, Torrens, White, not the greatest hitters in the world. Talk to me about Caleb Smith. Yeah, so I've always been a big Caleb Smith fan in general. Like, I think he's a good pitcher. I really liked him while he was on the Marlins. And and this is obviously a really good matchup against a Seattle lineup that is not especially good, is pretty good in terms of having strikeouts in the lineup. And so I like Caleb Smith. In theory tonight, my, my issue with him is that we do have other cheap guys on the slate that project well point per dollar wise, and, and it's that pitch limit. You know, he's not going to be like severely restricted, but he will probably finish up around 85 pitches or so. And in a GPP, you know, having that kind of cap on his ceiling isn't ideal. Um, but I do like him. I like the matchup. I like the talent. I like the price. Um, I just worry about the upside. Well, that brings up a good point. Other guys in this price range that are pretty good. Currently, Kikuchi is pegged at 30% ownership. Yeah, he's projected higher than Bieber. That seems not right. Um, Like, it's going to have to be Giolito, Bieber, Chalk. Um, But I do think there will be some people playing Kikuchi. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk to me about that. Like, he's going up against the Diamondbacks. They have not been as good this year as they have in the past because – they got rid of a lot of their bats. They are not the same lineup. Marte's not in there. They have not been good. Kikuchi has actually been pretty decent so far this year in sample size. 27% K rate, 3.14 XFIP. Kikuchi is a guy that was a huge prospect. Didn't live up to expectations last year, but is doing quite a bit better this year. Got some matchup versus guys that have all been terrible versus lefties so far this year. Well, I don't think that's going to entirely hold true with at least Walker. The rest of them just really not great bats. So there is some safety here. Surprising part is the, if I remember correctly, is the total, which is set at 4.5 for the Diamondbacks. But we have to keep in mind that the Mariners' bullpen is one of the worst in history. They're terrible, so that line is probably a little bit high. Like, 
at 30% ownership, is it worth using Kikuchi at all? If he's really going to be 30% owned, if he's going to be the highest owned of these cheap guys, then I think you probably go lighter on him and you go heavier on the lesser owned cheap guys because they're all more or less the same um, in terms of projection, in terms of upside, in terms of value. And so even though I like Kikuchi as a pitcher, the bat has been on him several times this year in good matchups, and I think this one is solid. It's not so good that if he's going to be owned more than the other guys, you have to you know, gravitate towards him. I'd be just as fine playing a guy like Chris Bubik, uh, playing a guy like uh, Stephen Brault. I think, you know, you can have some, some uh, Kikuchi, but I don't think you, uh, you have to do that. Casey Mize is another guy that I think in this range is totally fine at, you know, projected to be like, I don't know, eight times lower owned or something like that. So if that's really where the ownership's going to fall, then I don't need to have Kikuchi. Yeah. And, uh, right there i think someone's asking in chat like oh you get 3k left to build out your lineup how are you stacking cores you're mini stacking cores you're throwing in some of the cheap bats i mean we got otani in there at 3.7k and uh we got rendon too cheap walsh 2.5k batting second trout and then there's just a whole bunch of texas bats that are far too cheap today we look at that and it's just a weird spot any interest in fires or any either of the hitter or pitchers over in the rangers game um no, I don't think so. Like I'd, I'd rather, like you said, I like a, a cheap Ranger stack. I don't really like the pitching as much here. Yeah, yeah, right there with you. And I mean, obviously, throwing in Sam Huff there at two point two k makes it a lot easier to build a decent lineup in cash. Just an easy way to do it. Although, if you really want to, over in Coors, Ben Boom is two point seven k. Also makes it kind of easy. Walters is 2.7K, but we'll go back to pitchers here. We'll just go and rattle off some of these guys. Um, you said in the cheap range, you like them. Bubik sitting there, 6.6K, going up the against the Pirates. The Pirates have not been a great team this season. It's not great weather out in Kansas City. It's already a decent pitcher's ballpark while it does press strikeouts. It is a big foul ball ground place, and he can get a little bit lo- longer into the game. On the season, he's been decent with a 20% K rate, just slightly above average XFIP. But this Pittsburgh lineup, outside of Gonzalez in a small sample size, has not been great so far versus lefties. Like, talk to me about Bubik. Yeah, so obviously Pittsburgh is not a very good offense. I don't love picking on Pittsburgh because they don't strike out a lot, and a lot of times pitchers against them can be over-owned. But I don't really think that's going to be the case today with Bubik. I think he could kind of – you know, wind up being ignored a little bit because of how many other pitchers there are on this slate. The thing that really intrigues me about him is that his leash has been really long since being called up to the majors. Like I talked about liking Caleb Smith, but being worried about his ceiling. Bubik has thrown over 100 pitches three times this year, including his last two starts. And so this is a guy that they are letting go deeper. This is a guy that is an above average pitcher. The matchup is good. The price is good. I think he's a great GPP player. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that at all. Going to come in at lower ownership there than a lot of the other guys. I mean, 26%, but a lot lower than Kikuchi, a little bit lower than other guys. Allows you to build a very different lineup just in case Coors doesn't end up going off. By the way, guys, you haven't signed up for SharpSide? Go ahead, sign up for SharpSide. It's real simple. It's free. It's easy. You make bets. You swipe left. You swipe right. Right. It's basically like tender, but you're probably going to end up alone anyways at the end of the night. So what's the difference at all? Make bets. Lock it in. Get on a long enough streak with your lock bets. 
and you win money. I was at a nice little three-game streak last night, and then, of course, the under in the Cubs game did not hit because it got postponed or not postponed, it delayed an hour and a half, and then the wind wasn't quite blowing in, and it just didn't end up going well. Great, it didn't go long enough. But I'm back at it again with another under. Can you guess what it is? Um, hmm. I know the bat likes the, the Brewers Cubs under the most. Where are you at? Uh, I'm on the Coors under. What does the bat say about that? It has it projected exactly the same as, as Vegas. Vegas has 12 and the bat has exactly 12. Well, <laughs> I got the under here. We'll see how this ends up going. I just don't think that it's going to end up the way a lot of people believe it's going to. I'm lower on cores. Again, I still may end up with some cores bats in my life just because this pricing is absolutely ridiculous. But I'm on the under in that game. Who You said the bat has the under for the Brewers game. Is that your sharp side pick? That would probably be my sharp side pick, yeah. I was expecting you to talk longer. I took a sip of water and then had to stop halfway through. That did not go well. But, yeah, guys, get signed up for SharpSide. Do it. And, you know, while we're at it, get signed up for RG Premium. Currently, we have a promo code that gives you a nice little discount for your first month of the Core 4 package. That is baseball. That is basketball. That is football. That is golf because now golf is apparently one of the top sports in the U.S. here for betting because – Let's be honest, that's all I was doing during quarantine when I had nothing else to do and I had to get my fix and sports betting became legalized. So get signed up, use the promo code, Devin, drop it into chat there. Discount first month of premium, five bucks off. Go ahead and get signed up for that. Let's talk about some more pitchers here. I'm just going to roll on through these guys and you give me a yay, nay. And if you like them, talk about Lester versus the Brewers. Are we talking pitchers or offense? I forget. Pitchers. Uh, no, no, no interest in Lester. <laughs> Maida as a potential pivot from Bieber or Giolito. Sure, but I probably prefer Castillo or Woodruff. All right, interesting one. Mice was absolutely rolling through these White Sox the first outing and then got blown up a little bit. He's cheap. He's 5.7K. Obviously got a lot of potential, but really not ready to be in the majors yet. But this White Sox lineup, you look at it, it's got a lot of power. They can destroy any pitcher, but guess what? They can strike out a decent amount. 27.5% in the lineup. I know Mize hasn't been good. He's cheap, though. Anything can happen. This is bases ball, and he's cheap. Yeah, I like him as a GPP guy, especially since it looks like he's projected super low-owned out of these cheap guys, so I would definitely have some of him. All right, what about Wayne right here, sitting at 8.8K, going up against the Reds? This game's pretty much a coin flip here, four projected total for the Reds. Castillo is going to get, let's see, eight times the ownership that Wainwright is. Wainwright is 1K cheaper. Again, Castillo's the better pitcher, better XFIP, better K rate, but Wainwright has been pretty decent this season, put up a lot of good outings, has a long enough leash where he can go over 100 pitches. Any interest in Wainwright? Zero interest in Wainwright. The Reds are actually, if I was going to have another sharp side pick, it'd be the Reds' money line. The bat likes them more than more than any other team relative to Vegas today. I mean, that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Just Wainwright has been pretty good recently. Striking out guys going later into games. He's going to get up to 100 pitches. I'm just saying, I don't mind Wainwright a little bit for tournaments as a big pivot off of the other guys because he can put up an outing similar to either Bieber or to Giolito. It's not the most likely scenario, but it can happen. Coors pitching, anything. I can't do it. I mean, I assume you're going to take a shot on Marquez maybe as like a leverage nope. pitcher. Or no, no, nope. no, I'm not even doing that. There's too many other good pitchers on the slate. I'm dumb. I ain't that dumb. 
Um, Cueto, 8K, old man Cueto. Can't do it. No, thanks. Richards going up against the Giants? No. Well, we are officially done with pitching. See, when Dean's not on the show, we get through things way quicker because uh, – What I... about Stephen Brault? I think Brault is interesting enough as a, as a low-owned chief GPP guy. I just entirely skipped over him because I had no interest. I kind of assumed you did too, but I have more interest in the KC Bats. But go ahead, talk to me about Brault. Sell me on him. I mean, I like Chief Casey Bats too, but Brault is a guy – I mean, Casey's not good. Casey's not a good offense. Brault is okay. His leash has been getting extended. He's cheap, and he's going to be low-owned. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this slate, so you might need to condense your pool a little bit. But I think if you're looking at, like, Bubik, Mize, Brault as your cheap guys, especially if Kikuchi's going to be the highest owned of the cheap guys, then, you know, mix and match those guys and, and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – you know what? There's worse ideas on this slate. This slate could go any number of ways. And with ownership so condensed on two teams and two pitchers, anything really goes because anything can happen here. But you ready to move on to bats, my friend? Yep, let's do it. All right, let's talk about catcher. Very clearly two guys that you want to use in your cash game build. Go ahead, talk about those two guys that are far too cheap. <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, the one that people might gravitate towards more is probably Anthony Bemboom because he's uh, he's in cores and he's the catcher and he's cheap. Uh, but the guy that I would play is Sam Huff. He's 2.2K. He's free. He's not like an elite prospect, but he's like a decent prospect, probably like a B-level prospect. And, uh, and he's facing Mike Fires for 2.2K. Like a lot of these Rangers bats are too cheap today given how bad fires is given the home run potential. And so I like Huff a lot. He opens things up to let you spend up on a guy like story on a guy like trout and get the aces. And so I like him quite a bit. All right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. What about for spending up a little bit more? Obviously we want to use them aces, but might not be the best idea in the world. If you're going to try and get away from ownership a little bit, uh, Salvador Perez going up against your boy Brault. Any yep. interest in him? Yeah, he, he's the top catcher on the slate, especially if you're stacking Royals, which I do think is a good option today. He is He's a good play, and he works as a one-off, too. If you just want to have a different build, if everyone's going to play one of these cheap catchers, playing an expensive catcher will, will set you apart. Yeah, yeah, no, speaking of expensive catchers, Nola going up against Cueto. Cueto's obviously been a little bit better than we thought he would be this year, but oh, still no. Austin Nola is 5K. Austin Nola has been 5K. Austin Nola has been crushing. That, that's how little I've been considering Austin Nola lately, I guess. I haven't even noticed. All right. What about lefty masher, which you very much believe in? James McCann going up against a righty. Uh, at 4-9, I, I can't do it. Um, you know, Mize is not a terrible pitcher, and that's just way too expensive for James McCann. All right. Any other catchers? I mean, catcher's pretty straightforward here. It's Huff. It's Ben Boom, or it's Perez, and yeah, or or play one with your with whatever stack you're doing. Yeah, uh, that's that's always on the board. That's just my go-to almost yeah. every single slate. Um, let's move on to first base here. A little bit more to talk about. Let's get the first guy out of the way. Otani, four point four K. Can play him first. Can play him in the outfield. But going up against Marquez, Marquez a little bit worse versus lefties. He should end up crushing. And then Walsh, like. Like I said, those two guys are going to be ridiculously owned. 
They grade out as some of the top point-per-dollar plays on the entire slate. It's Coors. There's reasons behind it. But go ahead I mean, and sell me. Sell me on fading them. I don't think you can. You can't do it. Walsh Walsh's point-per-dollar is 3.5. Like, it is so rare that you see anybody even get to three, and he's 3.5 because he's batting second at 2.5K with the platoon advantage in Coors Field. It's just silly. Um, uh, do you know how many guys on today's slate have over a three point per dollar projection? Well, I see at least one other just at first base. So, oh my, wow. There's like 10 of them today. That's insane. Yeah. Nine of them looking at the bat here. It's yeah. a silly slate. Pricing is trash. Like you could honestly make a pretty good lineup without using a single guy over three K. You really can. Um, so, I mean, obviously Otani's great too, but you can play him in the outfield. So the right thing to do is, in cash at least, play Walsh at first, play Otani in the outfield. And then in GPPs, be different. You know, Ryan McBroom is 2K against Brawl. Um, he's one of these, you know, three point per dollar guys. I think he's... McBroom, by the way, 435 ISO, 440 Woba versus lefties. You know, that's big enough sample size at 20, right? 25. Oh, huge sample size. Gotta Gotta buy into that, but... I mean, I think it's a great spot in price anyway, so I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. And what about any other first baseman here? We look at the top here in terms of pricing, and Matt Olson is just going to crush the ball every single time he makes contact. Will he make contact going up against Garcia to start off and then the horrible Trey Lyle or Jordan Lyles? Like I Matt think, Olson. Uh, yeah, I think Olson's great, and especially over on FanDuel where we don't have these, like, silly – Angels prices, Matt Olson makes a lot of sense over there. He's 3-3. Three, three. Uh, the A's just in general are underpriced over there. They're, they're kind of the team to, to really get a lot of exposure to, I think. Yeah. yeah. What about any of those other top price guys? Goldschmidt, Sano. I'm guessing it's just Sano because he's going to strike out four times against Bieber. Uh, <laughs> Abreu, Encarnacion, Rizzo, La Stella. Would you use him? Um, I wouldn't use La Stella in cash games, definitely not at first base, but if you do really want to stack angels, even though they're going to be super popular, he could be a way to differentiate here because I would imagine most people are going to use either Otani or Walsh at first and not La Stella. And so that will at least make you a little different. If you're I mean, La Stella still got second base eligibility and yeah, but I mean, you look at the, the stack is going to be pretty much everywhere. It's going to be Walsh. It's going to be Trout. It's going to be Rendon. It's going to be Otani, and it's going to be Upton or Ben Boom, depending on how many guys you can fit in there to, based on the site. Like, those are the clear guys that are mispriced. Those are the guys with power. Those are the guys that you probably want in your stack, and it, it's just so easy to do and so much upside for so little price there. But any other first baseman that we're missing out on here that we haven't talked about, Walker, I see the bat likes a bit. Belt the bat likes a bit on a point-per-dollar basement. Guzman, Texas bats we've already talked about. Lefty going up against Fires. I think Christian Walker is interesting, especially if Kikuchi is going to be as high-owned as we have him projected at. I think a, a Diamondback stack as leverage is really good. They project stack-wise fourth best on the slate, um, decent in terms of raw points, and so – a guy like Walker would make a lot of sense in your stack, you know, with platoon advantage at first base, good price. I like him. Yeah. Uh, anyone else we missed? What guy that we can talk about in the outfield, but a guy I really like today, Hunter Dozier going up against Brault. We know that he's a guy that can absolutely crush the ball 
had a decent amount of bombs last year. Look at his numbers since the beginning of last year versus left-handed pitching. 276 ISO, 408 Woba. He's priced probably a little bit too low here at 3.8K. Like, I know you like Brault, but, and we talked about McBroom, but Dozier. Oh, I'm fine with it. I mean, I like Brault in a GPP setting, but the Royals project as the best point per dollar team on the slate after the Angels and the Rangers. So I'm totally fine with a Royal stack against Brault. Um, I just could see it going the other way, too, because Brault is a good, you know, good value. I like how we both messed up Lestel's on the A's. What's that? Lestel's on the A's, not the Angels. We both completely forgot about it. I definitely did forget about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, great. Right. Let's, there we go. let's move on to second base then. He's still a good play, though. Um, he's just not part of your Angel stack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's better, playing in cores or playing against Lyles? It's, it's kind of up in the air there. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to second base here. Very, very few options that I'm really in love with. We got Odor here over in Texas. Been terrible this season by 3.1K. Dylan Moore going up against Smith. Moore has crushed the ball this season, not striking out a huge clip. Smith has been a guy that, while he has had good stuff and he does strike out guys at a pretty high clip, the Dome's going to be open over in Arizona, if I remember correctly. Moore can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Like, who's your cash game second baseman? I really hate to say it, but it's Odor. I'm not going to be able to get away from him. I I hate it. I hate it. But (laughs) I think in this spot – you know, saving a little bit of money to spend up on some of the other stuff is necessary. It's a really good matchup. Like fires is bad. He gives up home runs. He gives up stolen bases. That's what Odor does. If he doesn't strike out, you know, he's got, he, he still has power. Like he still has power. If he gets on base, he's willing to run. He can steal bases. Um, and he's too cheap. So I'm fine with Odor. If you really hate it, like you can go down, you can probably play a guy like Rengifo. Uh, against Marquez and Coors, even though he's hitting ninth, he's still fine. Josh Rojas against Kikuchi, I like a lot in that Diamondback stack I talked about. He's probably cash viable if you hate Odor. Um, I don't mind Dylan Moore. I think Dylan Moore is fine. Um, you know, it's a decent enough spot. I like Caleb Smith, uh, but Moore is is pretty good. You know, got the platoon advantage, leading off, good price. There's, I mean, there's just value everywhere tonight, and that's kind of been the case, I guess, for a little while now, but. Tonight especially, there's just so much value. Yeah, what about Witt potentially in a KC stack? He's not 5.4K like he seems to always be, and he's in a decent spot going up against a lefty. Hira going versus Lester, who Lester is trash. Um, I like like Merrifield quite a bit in in a KC stack because I like a KC stack. I like Hira in a a Brewer stack. I think they could maybe go a little under the radar tonight with because they're not like obviously underpriced and they're the Brewers and they suck and no one really loves to play the Brewers. So I think they're going to come in really low owned. And I think the Brewers are a good way to be different. Yeah. Um, anyone else here? Second base is kind of just not good. Like throw, throw the guy that's in your stack, use the cheap guy or see if you can pay up at wit for wit or Hira. But yeah, it's, it's really just <laughs> not, not a great position to go with today. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, on to third base here. Just talk about Rendon. Yeah, it, it's clearly Rendon in cash games. We've talked about a bunch of cheap guys that you can play to make more expensive stuff work. Rendon is one of that more expensive stuff that you need to make work. So play Rendon for sure in your cash games. And in GPPs, be different if you want. You know, I don't mind Suarez 
um, as a one-off or in, you know, a little mini red stack. I don't mind Eduardo Escobar against Kikuchi in your Diamondback stacks. Um, I think Cabrian Hayes just as a, as a one-off at 3K against Bubik is probably fine. Um, Mikel Franco in your Royal stacks. There's a, there's a lot of value here as there is everywhere tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like it. What do you think about Jerko? I know you don't believe in lefty mashers, but he's sitting there at 3.9K, not too expensive, not a ton of options here. Yeah, so in again, in a Brewer stack, I like Jerko. Um, he's risky as a one-off. Um, in a GBP, you can do it, but he gets pinch hit for so much. I got to look up his number, but I think it's like close to 50% of the time. He's like one of the highest guys in the majors this year. Um, so that is just something to keep in mind with Jerko, but I do like you know, that brewer 61% of the time. Holy cow. Um, so yeah, that, that risk is real, but it's a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to find other third baseman to talk about, but there's really not many at all. Like what, what, where are the, what it was the advantage of swapping? I, there's really not an advantage. Like we have Arenado pegged at 27% ownership compared to Rendon at 24%. Like, if people are really going to play Arenado more, like, I would take Rendon straight up versus Arenado. I know Arenado has a better yeah. pitcher or worse pitcher going up against him, but. I would take him straight up, too. I'm, I, I'd be surprised if Arenado comes in higher owned, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Given the price gap, I just think people are going are gonna to gravitate towards Rendon. Yeah, I also think a little bit has to do with uh, people don't like to stack as much in cash games. So if they already have Otani, Trout, Ben Boom, um, in their lineups and even uh, what's his name Walsh, they might not want to throw a full five man stack in there, and so they'll throw Arenado in as the last piece just to get a little bit more Coors exposure. Um, but yeah, let's move on to shortstop. There's one guy that's clearly above the rest. Coors, <laughs> Trevor Story. It's Trevor Story. I think uh, I don't think you have to play Story, but I do think you can play Story. I think there's enough value with guys like. Puff, Walsh, Odor, some of the guys in the outfield we'll talk about where you can get up to Trevor's story if you want to. Uh, it probably comes at the expense of Mike Trout. You probably have to decide between one of those two tonight. I don't think it's really possible to go double aces and both of those guys and Rendon. Um, but story is the guy. If you can get up there, great. If not, you go with a cheap guy. Yeah, someone – I'm going to diverge a little bit. Because uh, someone in chat asked about the White Sox, and there's something I want to talk to you about a little bit. So first of all, like so many people are going high-owned guy or high-priced pitchers, and they're going low-priced guys. White Sox are very expensive. There's a few decent pitching options at the lower end on this slate, but mostly I want to talk to you. Like Mize is a guy that's already gone up against the White Sox. Like going a batter going up against a pitcher that they had never seen before the second time around. There's a pretty big advantage with that, right? Especially with a guy that there's not a ton of film on because he's in the minors. Yeah, so my preliminary research, it's not in the bat yet, but it does show if you're seeing a guy, you know, a second time, like right in a row, you do get an advantage doing that. Yeah, I don't think – was this right in a row? Last, last time we played him, I think, was almost a month ago. I could be wrong. It could have been his last start, too. No, he had Minnesota, Minnesota, Chicago, Chicago. So it's been – almost a month since they've seen him, but you don't have as much film on a guy in the minors, right? Like yeah. you've done scouting. You don't know exactly what it's going to be. You don't know exactly how to approach thing. He hasn't developed full major league tendencies and 
now he's about a month in. There's a little bit more film on him. They've all seen him before. Even the second time through the lineup or the third time through the lineup when he went up against him, he was lights out against him. He struck out everyone, had seven Ks, and then all of a sudden the fourth inning rolls around and he just gets destroyed going up against the White Sox here. So he was just doing well. I think that was him versus Dunning in that matchup, and there was just 15 strikeouts in the first five innings, and then it just went downhill really quickly. Um, but I think this is a decent spot for the White Sox stacks. Going to come in incredibly low owned. Right now we have them pegged for, oh, wow, 5 to 7% ownership. That's too high. They're going to be lower than that because Coors is on the slate. Um, but I think that that's a decent spot. But go ahead and talk to me about other shortstops. We've got Tatis there up at the top. Guy's an absolute boss. Crushing it right now. Going to come in at one-third the ownership of Story, which is crazy because he's still going to be 13% owned. Simeon going up against Garcia. Oakland has a big total there. Mondesi is so cheap. He's been a little bit hotter recently. Batting second in the lineup. He was terrible for a while, but two home runs in the last four games. He's on an eight-game hit streak right now, which hit streaks mean a lot to you, I'm sure. Um, like we, We've talked about KC Stacks. you need to throw Mondesi in yours? Uh, you probably want to. Um you know, I think he's even projected like 4% ownership. Like that's so low. So I think he's a cash play. I think if you want trout, you play Mondesi at short instead of story. And that gets you up to trout. Um, and he's definitely good as part of your KC stacks. You know, he's, he's a guy who was really bad earlier in the year was bound to have some positive regression. You started to see it. Um, he's still really underpriced. I like Mondesi quite a bit. Uh, yeah. I like I like Semyon a lot, especially on FanDuel. Like I said, the the A's are really the cheap plays on FanDuel that make a lot of sense. On DraftKings, Semyon, Semyon's a little underpriced. I think he's probably the most underpriced of any of the A's. But I think a lot of the A's are overpriced relative to the rest of the slate. And so I think that could be a way to be different tonight. You know, like we said, the chalk build's going to be double aces, cores, rangers, you know, cheap bats. And uh, – and I think if you're going with like a cheap pitcher, you're playing a guy like Bubik or Brault or any of the guys we talked about, an A stack with them, I think that kind of build will be very contrarian and will have a lot of upside. So I like sending a lot as part of the stack like that. Yeah, yeah, right there with you. Uh, any other short stops that you're looking at? Do you have any interest in Simmons over in Coors 3.9K, probably a little bit too cheap? Yeah, he's fine. I just don't see myself really getting there. I probably – he's kind of in no man's land for me. Like I'd rather get up to um, I'd rather get up to story. I'd rather go down to Montessi. If I am living in that range, I probably prefer Simeon, but Simmons is fine. Yeah. Well, let's move on to outfield. Three top options are all in course. Yes, they are. Trout is the top guy on the board by a lot. Otani is pretty much a must play, whether you're playing him at first or outfield, you have to play him. And I think outfield is the spot you're doing it. Um, and then you have Blackman who at his price, I'd rather just get Trout. Yeah. What about Upton there? 2.9 K playing in course. Yeah. He's a guy that doesn't really seem to care, but you look at the last 10 games, he's had two games without a hit, three multi-hit games. He's had two home runs in that span. Coors is obviously a great spot. Marquez is a good pitcher, and he's better versus right. He's higher K rate, and Upton is a guy that strikes out at a pretty high clip. But, like, 2.9K is just – does not make sense pricing. No, not not even a little bit. He's actually a, a good hitter, um, and that is absurdly cheap. So, I love Upton as a cheap play. 
there are other cheap plays you can play tonight, but Upton is definitely one of the best ones, if not yeah. the best one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about another one of those cheap plays. Garcia batting leadoff versus Lester over in Milwaukee. Yeah. 2.7K. He's a, he's a good hitter. He is a very good hitter. Um, if you're trying to play Trout and Otani, you're going to have to make a decision between Upton and Garcia, and you're also going to have a limit on Angels. So Garcia may make more sense in a build like that because, you know, he's been bad this year. I wonder if, like, the injuries are really affecting him because previous to this, like, his numbers were great. His stack cast stuff was great, and he really hasn't been – good at all this year but the matchup's good the price is good he offers you salary relief uh i do like garcia tonight yeah looking at stat cast stuff so far this season like you're right really not great numbers does have a 40 percent hard hit rate versus lefties but going up against righties if we include all the numbers he's been horrible versus righties so far and you kind of aggregate those yes he's going to have a normal platoon split but you look at the numbers overall in this small of a sample size because one or two home runs can end up getting your stat cast data drastically different than your Woba and ISO. But he has been good versus lefties so far this season. Batting leadoff, decent total in that game. Should get enough at-bats. Yeah, Garcia is a good play today. Uh, anyone else out here in the outfield where I talked about Dozier, he's obviously viable. We've talked about Texas bats a decent amount. Tavares is batting leadoff against Fires and is only 2.3K guy that's probably cash game viable. Yelich, lefty-lefty matchup, but Lester's really not very good, and Yelich is very good. Gallo, we're talking about a guy that you want him to go up against a fly ball pitcher who doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys, and Gallo is going up against a fly ball pitcher that gives up a lot of home runs and does not strike out a whole lot of guys. Using Gallo at all today in tournaments? Uh, you can always use Gallo in tournaments, and, and we talked about liking this Rangers stack, so I think he's fine. I don't think he's as underpriced as a lot of these other Rangers are, which could even drive down his ownership a little bit. But uh, I think he's, you know, I think he's a good play. Yeah, and one guy that we haven't talked about who I think the bat has as the highest point-per-dollar play in the outfield because of his price. Uh, Leody Tavares? Shogo. Yep. Okay. So I thought you were going to stick with Texas, but yeah, Shogo is the guy that, uh, that the bat has as the top point per dollar guy. Uh, like I said, it, it likes the over on, on the reds today. It likes them a lot more than Vegas. I think if you put together a little reds mini stack, starting with a guy like Shogo, who's so cheap, you're going to get good bang for your buck. Um, I'm just not a big Wayne believer. So I think he's great. I think Tavares leading off for Texas is a great way to be different. I think Tim Locastro in your Diamondback stacks is a great way, um, you know, to get leverage off of that Kikuchi ownership. Over on FanDuel, you got these cheap A's. It's Davis, it's Canna, it's Loriano. I think they're great. I think if you're doing that kind of reverse cheap pitcher, expensive hitter uh, build on DraftKings, you know, they're fine on DraftKings too. Yeah. Guys, go ahead and throw your QQs in there. We're going to talk about stacks, and then we'll see if we can get knock some of those out. But – we're not going to talk about core stacks. They're obviously good. They're obviously going to be very high owned. It's just the world we live in in today's DK. Um, but what about other stacks? We talked about the Royals a little bit. Uh, we talked about Texas a little bit. Any other good loan stacks that you like? Uh, yeah, I think the Diamondbacks as the leverage off of Kikuchi. Um, I think the Brewers, um, because it's Lester, I think that little mini red stack is good. And I think as an expensive stack that will go 
too low owned because of the way the slate shakes out and the way people are going to build. Uh, I like the A's. They're one of the top teams on the slate. They're the top team that isn't cores. And because of their pricing, because they're not severely underpriced the way so many other teams are, I think the ownership is going to come in lower than it should, um, you know, because people are going to want the expensive pitching and the cheap bats. Uh, is the dome open in Texas today? I can't remember. It is open, but it's really not good weather. Like it's very cool there. Yeah. And that part, cause obviously been a big pitching pitcher's ballpark, but that's partially because Texas bats have sucked. They've been terrible. Um, but yeah, uh, stack that like, I'm trying to find a good leverage stack and like, I'm not doing it against Giolito. I'm not doing it against Bieber. I'm probably not doing it against cast. Castillo just because he's a big ground ball guy so if he does get end up getting beat up it's probably going to be from a lot of Babbitt um what do you think about it's Diamondbacks against Kikuchi right like that Diamondbacks against Kikuchi and I think the Pirates going up against Bubik Bubik's coming in at 26 percent projected right now like uh, Pirates really have not been great but you look at their numbers versus lefties so far this season and there's a few guys that have actually been hitting well like you can go with Bell and pretty much any given matchup. He's 3.4K. I know he has not been great this season, but he's still a guy with a lot of pop here. Hayes has been good since he's gotten into the majors. He's definitely a guy that's 200 price at 3K. Eric Gonzalez has been very good so far this season, 3.3K. So there are some b- bats that you can use in Reynolds, of course. He's 3.2K. Like, you can make a super cheap stack. You can pivot off of cores. And the chances of the Pirates actually outscoring the Angels – it's not high, but when you incorporate the fact that Angels are going to come in at 30% ownership, one out of 10 times the Pirates are going to easily end up way better than them. You're getting huge leverage over the rest of the field, and you're essentially doing the same step, like same pricing as a lot of the Angels bats. Because, I mean, you could still stack up the Pirates and go with Trout and Rendon. Like, you can easily make yeah. that stack, and you just are essentially using the Pirates' low price bats that actually have some pop instead of the Angels, and all that needs to happen is one or two of those Pirates get a home run, those cheap Angels don't end up getting it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's viable to do that with any of these cheap stacks, with the Diamondbacks, with the Reds, with the Royals, with the Rangers. Um, I think I prefer them a little more than Pirates, but I can certainly see it with the Pirates. Yeah. Um, let's see. Someone's asking about Shogo. 2.1 leading off against Wainwright. Yes, absolutely. We were both on board with that. DK Cash, 2.6K or less, or do you find 100 extra bucks for Garcia? I think, again, you can go Shogo. You can go Shogo. You can go, I think, Locastro's 2.5, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Locastro's 2.5. Tavares is 2.3. Tavares. So you you can do that. Um, if you can free up the money to get to Garcia, great, but there are other options there where you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't have any questions, so let's talk a little bit of football. You doing a Blitz show this year? Yes, Blitz show. First one tomorrow. Uh, we record at 1. It goes live sometime later that afternoon. It's me, it's Alex Dunlap, and Chief Justice is joining the show this year, so I'm pretty pumped Ooh. about that. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. We made people a lot of money last year. Um, I'm pumped. Yeah, what was the win rate in cash for the Blitz last season? Yeah, the optimal lineup cashed 73% of slates last year, which is just a silly number. Um, we also tested the top 150 optimal lineups. Um, we tested, we didn't get like all the slates because um, there were some errors with the with the downloads. But uh, I mean, it was only like 
two or 3% below the top optimal lineup for the top 150. Like the blitz was just on so many good plays last year. Like if you played anything reasonable, you did well. And it's on not just like chalk plays. There's so many like off the board stuff that it loved. Like the week Teddy Bridgewater went off, it loved him. The week Matt Schaub subbed for Matt Ryan and did well. It was on him. It was on all the cheap Lions backups, Driscoll and Blau and whoever, when they had their good weeks. Like it was just, it's, it was a good year. And hopefully we get another one this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I occasionally, occasionally, I generally do a lot of my research early on in the week. And I think I generally look at the blitz as my main projection system halfway through the week. And yeah, I think you got, you use quite a few of the same stats I do. Yeah. Well, glad to hear you use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, gotta, gotta make sure that I'm not completely off base on some things that sound absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think give me give me one one hitter that's going to hit a bomb tonight, not in Coors. One quarterback who's going to go off at low ownership this weekend, and one low price pitcher that's going to break the slate, maybe. Okay, so home run that's not in Coors. Let's go with uh, let's go with Joey Gallo because uh, we like that Ranger stack, and he's Joey Gallo. I'll give you two cheap quarterbacks that are going to go off this week. Uh, I got Mitchell Trubisky and I got Dwayne Haskins. Okay. I love the first one. I hate the second. Okay. Um, And what was the third one? Uh, Low price pitcher. That's going to do some damage today. Um, uh, I don't know if Bubik counts as low. Oh, you said low low price. So yeah, yeah, I'll go with Bubik. All right. Well, guys, it's been fun. We got crunch time coming up. We got Roth. We got cheese. We got cards. They're going to bring be bringing you up to lock. They're going to let us know about that Minnesota game, which may have made a lot of our analysis fairly irrelevant if it doesn't end up playing. But listen to Roth. He knows what he's talking about. Great meteorologist. Great meteorologist. It's been fun, guys. We're out of here. See you, kids. We forgot to make a bet. We messed up here. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that we can bet on here. I'm going to go with Wainwright outscores Castillo. Okay with that? Yep, sure. Shot bet, beer chug bet, Wainwright Castillo. Uh, <laughs> am I giving you any sort of odds on it or is it nope, just? Nope, straight up. It's close enough in price. I'm going straight up. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been fun. Now we're out of here. See you, kids. Uh-huh.